Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the Tendril Homemaker. This is your host, Unami Jeremiah, and today is December 30, 2020. Uh, we're just a day away from the end um, of this year and the beginning of um, another year, 2021. And I know that a lot of people are very excited to just get rid of 2020 and all the things that happened um, with this year. A lot of people are looking at it from a place of, yeah, we've had enough and we just need to go on. We want things to return to some kind of normalcy and so on and so forth. Um, and, you know, I will have a different take uh, on 2020. And um, because when I look at all that has happened and all that is still happening, the question that I really have began to ask myself recently was that are people at war or at peace with God? And I think that is something that we ought to be asking ourselves um, that of all the people that lost our lives, whether it was through COVID, through other um, causes, were they at peace with God? And this this isn't only about this year. I think all the time, whenever a death happens, um, we sort of take a step back and look at our own mortality and start to think through things, you know, that's when people start making decisions like, yeah, I'm going to stop doing this. I need to do that more. I need to spend time with my family more. I need to do this. They, they reevaluate and change um, some of the things that they think where they were neglecting uh, because our mortality is, you know, is sure. You just don't know when you will die. But sometimes I ask myself that, you know, at the top of our priority of things to change or things to do, do we ever take a step back and say, am I at peace with my God? Am I at peace with the creator or am I at war with God? Because when we, scripture time and time and again reminds us that there's not even one good person No matter how much we say, oh, that's a good person, that's good. There's no one who is good. When we read through Psalm 53:2, it says, God looks down from heaven on the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all fallen away. Together have become corrupt. There is no one who does good not even one. So we do know and understand that we are all sinners. We are sinners who are very frail creatures and our greatest need to the sin problem that we have is a savior who is also our Lord Jesus Christ. And when I look at at all these things and I read through scripture, One of the characters that really comes out who models um, 
what confession of sin looks like and recognizing your own sinfulness is David, you know, and through his, the Psalm, he has pleaded for forgiveness from God. He has glorified God. He has praised God. He has done so much through, um, to express himself and to express the sovereignty of God. But one Psalm that really came home for me was Psalm 51. And uh, if you allow me, you can open your Bibles if you are holding one or just go on your phone and just go into Psalm 51. And I'll just read through from verses 1 to 17. And David, this was the, the time when he had committed adultery. And upon committing adultery, he wanted to conceal his sin. So he killed Uriah, the husband to Bathsheba. And now he's coming to realize his sin and he goes on to write the psalm. And he says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. So he sees his sin and he sees that there's a need for his creator, for his savior to have mercy on him because God has a steadfast love and he has this abundant mercy to be able to blot out his transgressions and he's reaching out and pleading out to God for forgiveness for his sin. And in verses three, he continues to say, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth and in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. And here David acknowledges that we sin against God. You may have committed adultery, you may have killed someone, you may have lied, you may have done all these sins, but at the core of your sin is that you have sinned against God because this is the world that God created. You are his creation and he set out laws, rules to guide your everyday existence and yet you have broken or we have broken all those laws. So we sin against God. When we lie, we sin against God. When we steal, we sin against God. When we, you know, worship other gods and and um, praise and glorify idols, we are sinning against God. And David recognized that. And he continues to say in verse 7, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear 
joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. And blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me the joy of your salvation and upon me with a willing spirit. And here David is asking for God to cleanse him because he he recognizes that sin corrupts it corrupts the mind it you know it's coming from a corrupt heart and it it divides and separates us from god and he knows that only god is able to wash him only god can give him a new heart and regenerate his heart to give him new thinking new ways of doing things and he asks that the lord not hide his face that the lord hides his face from his sins and blot out all his iniquities he asks for for a clean heart and asks that the lord not cast him away from his presence because he knows that without the lord we are nothing He continues in 13 and says, Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. Open, O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you delight not in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. And David here recognizes that only a genuine heart is what God is looking for. When when your repentance is true, when your recognition for your sin is true, that is what the Lord will, will accept. So as, as we seek and we confess our sins to God and we are asking for, for a chance to, to repent, he we're asking for him to give us a new heart, it must be true. It must be genuine. Our confession must be genuine. Our repentance must be genuine. That, that is what we we understand from from this from this text and he says that he will teach transgressors the lord's ways and sinners will return to you so you have in a way an obligation to go on and talk to other people about god's gospel and saying i am a sinner and this is what i had done and this is what the lord has done for me for his glory he has saved me from this judgment that was before me you tell others because that is what the lord has done for you so we we come to an understanding that the gospel of jesus christ is what will save us it is our faith in jesus christ that will redeem us because the bible has called us to repent the Lord says we ought to repent before his kingdom is near. 
So when we, we go on to, to read um, John 3, 16 to 19, um, is what I always prefer to, to read it at. And it starts from 16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. That is until verse 18. So we are to believe in God's only begotten son so that we will be able to be saved. It is our faith in Christ through God's grace that saves us. So that is something that we we need to, to think about, that we need not only a savior who's going to save us from sin, from the things we have done, but we also are also needing a Lord whom we will account to because there will come a day that we will all stand before this Lord and give account and be judged. And it's either we are going to be judged into righteousness or be judged into condemnation. For when we go um, to Psalm 75, the Lord tells us that at the time that I appoint I will judge with equity. So there is already a time that the Lord has decreed that he's going to come and he's going to judge all of us. Right? So we understand that the 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 the, the gospel of Jesus Christ grants us eternal life. That when that day of judgment comes we may be judged into righteousness and not condemnation. And so you you need to to ask yourself again, am I at peace with God or am I at war with God? And something that has really sobered me um, this year as I I have been studying the, the, the word of God is... A few verses um, in the book of James. <laughs> I think the whole book of James is is one that really was sobering for me um, this year. And when we go to verses 4, he says, You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And we need to understand that for as long as we are craving the things of the world and remain unsaved and unrepentant, we are enemies of God. And only the gospel, the blood of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice, his death on the cross and his resurrection allows us to be reconciled with our creator, with God. So 
we we need to examine ourselves i think this year you just you know at this moment <laughs> that you may be listening to this or after you listen to this you just need to take a moment to examine yourself and to seek christ so that you can be reconciled and be able to serve him as our king and i know people just want jesus who can save the savior but would not acknowledge that jesus christ will be coming back in his second coming as a judge and he's going to be judging us for everything that we have done for when we go to um the book of first john in chapter 2 verses 15 to 17 he warns us and says that do not love the world or the things of the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him for all that desire for all that is in the world the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the father but is from the world and the world is passing away along with its desires but whoever does the will of god abides forever and we ask ourselves what is the, the will of god i think that is a question that we may have asked ourselves what is the will of god for my life what am i supposed to do and one book that i i have read and studied um this year was of a very wise king <laughs> um king solomon and at the end of 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 the book of ecclesiastes in chapter 12 um verses 13 he tells us that the end of the matter all that has been heard fear god and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of men for god will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing whether good or evil so we understand that our will the will of god for us is to fear god and to keep his commandments because jesus christ reminds us that those who love me will keep my commandments right so we need to think about these things and say am i at peace with god or am i at war with god how are you at peace with god when you fear him keep his commandments when you recognize your sin have repented from your sin and your hope is in Jesus Christ understanding that only the grace of god through your faith can save you not anything else that you have done that you think you will do but it is god who saves you because of the abundance of his steadfast love and mercy he chooses us he saves us 
and so you know i i look at 2020 with with thankfulness i look at it with thankfulness and and someone might ask why <laughs> why would you be thankful what are you thankful for i are you thankful that you did not die that you did not get covid why are you thankful and i will say i am thankful because it is this year in in 2020 that my eyes were really opened that my blindness was healed by jesus christ and i look at 2020 with with thankfulness because even when we ask ourselves what is the will of god for my life well The word reminds us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 that God's will for us is to give thanks. In everything, we give thanks. Everything. Including this 2020, no matter what has happened to you, to your family, to your neighbors, your friends, we give thanks in everything. And one psalm that has captured that so so vividly is Psalm 136. If you just read through it from verses 1 to 28 to 26, sorry, it, it just goes on to repeat that we are to give thanks because his steadfast love endures forever. We are to give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his steadfast love endures forever. And that is something that is, we may not think that I, I, I can do that. Why, why should I be thankful when this happened? You giving thanks to God is not dependent on your situations and your circumstances. He says, give thanks in everything, in all things you give thanks. And so perhaps for, you can try to read through, study through Psalm 136, and meditate it right because when you read verses 23 it says it is he who remembered us in our low estate for his steadfast love endures forever and god remembers you in your sin he remembered remember david he was pleading and asking for god's mercy and so can you. You know, you don't know how to pray. Look up Psalm 51. And just genuinely pour your heart out to God. And confess your sins. Ask for forgiveness. And believe that you can be saved. And and um, <laughs> I look at, you know, the, the psalm was... was one of the books that I, I really studied when I um, just just tried to unplug from what was happening um, in the news and everywhere and just immerse myself in, in studying God's word. And um, I just wanted to share 
that I am thankful for God, for Jesus Christ, for he has set the prisoners free. When we read through Psalm 146 um, in verses 7 and and, um, 8, he says he sets the prisoners free. He opens the eyes of the blind. And that is something that we see being captured also in Luke 4.18, that he came to recover our, our, our sight. And that is something that I am thankful and I glorify God for, for 2020 was to recover my sight, for me to see my sin and to see my need for a savior and a Lord over my life. And so I encourage you to to do the same, to go on your knees and, and ask for God's forgiveness and ask him to open your eyes to take the blindness away. Maybe you think that, oh, you know, I've been I've been okay. I've been going to church. I've been reading my Bible. I've been doing that too. But I was still blind to my sin. Still blind. But it was only God and his mercy, his steadfast love that endures forever that gave me sight. And that is why I'm sharing this with you because I now see and I hope that you can also find this healing from him. And a book that really I hope that we could model after the character is the book of Job. You know, Job, <laughs> he, he blessed the name of the Lord. All of the, the world, his world as he knew it changed in a moment and maybe 2020 was the 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 moment in time when your world changed and so did um it happened for job and we know that when once upon hearing what had happened to to his children to his to his property he fell down he worshiped the lord he blessed the name of the lord Like that is something that you just do not even understand. How? How do you go on your knees and bless the Lord when we've just told you that you've lost everything? And that is something that we we ought to be doing as well, to be just thanking the Lord and blessing his name. Because Job understood that he was just a steward. He was a father who raised his children He did not know when his children were going to leave him, how they were going to leave him. He was blessed, of course, with the wealth, with all that he had, but he knew that he was just a steward. And when when his his wife came and said, you know, why don't you just uh, bless, why don't you curse God and, and die? I really appreciated what he said because this has really, been a blessing to my own life when he said um, in chapter 2, verses 9 to 10. Um, and Job says, Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. And his one 
whose attitude towards God and the whole book of Job, just how it teaches us to depend on God and to understand God's sovereignty, to understand that it is God who permits things to happen. Everything that happens in in our world today, it's not, it's not, God knew about all of this. He knew about 2020. He knows about 2021. I know people are very excited to close this chapter, quote unquote, dark chapter of their lives and move on to some things, but we don't know what is ahead in 2021. But do you know who knows? God knows. You don't even know if you are going to be here in 2021. I don't know if I'm going to be here. My children are going to be here. My husband are going to be here. I don't know. But I can be sure of my salvation in Jesus Christ because he's the one who holds our times, right? He's the one who who understands what is going to happen and we ought to trust in him. And I wanted to just close off and say, when we read through Ecclesiastes 11, verses 5, and the word of God says, as you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with a child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. So we don't know what is ahead. How do we not know? Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God, God, created the heavens and the earth. So I encourage you to give your life to Christ today to seek his salvation, to confess your sins, believe in him and be saved. With that being said, (laughs) I just wanted to say thank you for making time to listen to the podcast as we've been coming every fortnight. Um, and Lord willing, in the coming new year, we'll do a podcast a month and hopefully have other guests uh, in the show to to encourage us more. And I just wanted to encourage you, uh, women listening, um, that God is merciful and his steadfast love endures forever. You have an opportunity right now with the breath you have in your body to come before him and to seek him truly and genuinely. Maybe you think that you have, that is what you have been doing um, as I thought I have. But as we know that salvation is a gift, the grace of God is a gift and only the Holy Spirit works through us. I hope that you get, he grants you that gift. And as you know, that salvation is not transferable. You cannot give it to your children or to your husband, but you can pray for them that the Lord will have mercy on them and that they may be saved. And so I hope that you hold on to the Lord's love as you look forward to this new year, I really pray that you have peace as I'm also praying for peace for myself and that you have joy 
knowing that the Lord still sits on the throne regardless of what is going to happen in this new year. I pray that your faith gets strengthened and it doesn't fail. Just hope for joy, hope for peace. Because, uh, you know, happiness comes and goes, but the joy that is in the Lord is something that is not dictated by our circumstances or what is happening around us. So I hope you'll be at peace in this coming year. And until you hear from me again, Lord willing, I pray you look at the, the last days of this year and have a thankful heart. <music>